They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two Bald Pastors. Welcome to Two Bald Pastors, a podcast about real faith and real life. I'm Jeff Sinabaldo. And I'm Joe McGarry. And we are two follically challenged pastors serving in congregations of the New England Synod and the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. And we are here for our special edition, Lent. Why Lent? And not only Why Lent, but today that we are talking about Lent 3, Why Fast? Jeff, I don't like fasting. I don't either. In fact, I, <laughs> I am eating a protein square. <laughs> right now. <laughs> right now. Which Tammy makes, which are awesome. It's like peanut butter and protein powder and some seeds. Oh, it's really good. That's awesome. But, but we do have a tradition in the church of fasting, and, and there is some significance behind that. And as we will take a look at today, there are some Scripture passages that really talk about the importance of fasting in, in kind of different ways. So why don't, we, why don't we jump right into that and... Start with our Matthew passage. All right, so Matthew, again, this is a continuation of uh, Matthew's 6, where Jesus says, And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So does that mean if I am fasting that I should not make a big deal about it and say, oh, I can't eat that today because I'm fasting? Right. I, I mean, there's a long Lenten tradition of things that people give up for Lent, like chocolate or, or alcohol or sweets or chips or anything fun to eat. <laughs> and and you you know you know who these people are. You go out with them or you're talking to them and it's all they can talk about is what they've given up for Lent and what a hardship it is. Right. There my internship congregation there was a an older lady who sat in the choir who loved chocolate, I guess, and and every Lent, every Lent she gave up chocolate and during the Easter Sunday service after communion, she would take her purse and she'd pull out a piece of chocolate and start eating it during the service. And someone asked her one time, well, why are you doing that? You know, didn't you give that up? Well, Jesus rose and I had communion, so I can have chocolate now. <laughs> <laughs> so part of this, I think, the, the fasting aspect and, and other things during Lent, and if you're giving something up or taking something on, you know, we could talk about that a little bit too, but... It, it's not just for the season of Lent. It's not just to show off and say, look how good of a Christian I am in doing this, but it really is supposed to change you in some ways, right? Yeah, I think so. I think the whole purpose of fasting, or, or some, I thought about maybe calling this why minimize, because that's maybe a, a bigger bigger picture, but I mean, when it, whenever you do any of those things, it's all about intentionality. You know, right. It's, just, it's about thinking through the things you do and why you do them. And so many things we do just mindlessly, like come home and grab a bag of chips. Right, um, right. But right. if you want to actually like think about what you're putting into your body and why you're doing it, um, or, you know, are you actually receiving nutrition from this to live? That's that's a different conversation than, uh, 
you know, I just do whatever and don't even think about it. And it's also different than making a big deal out of that which you restrain from consuming. Yes, yes. It's just being intentional. So I started doing a fast for Lent, um, pre-Lent actually, um, and I'm doing a intermittent fast, which is basically you eat the food you would normally eat, but you confine all of your consumption to eight hours a day. So you have basically 16 hours off from when dinner's over until when you have breakfast. At least that's the way I'm doing it. Okay. Wow. Nice. So, I mean, there's benefits to doing that from a health perspective, digestively, and even just, again, it's the intentionality. I'm not trying to make a big deal out of it. If I'm over at somebody's house and they offer me something, I'm not probably going to say no. Right. But at the same time, you know, I think it's it's just about kind of regrouping a little bit and just say, hey, this is something I can do. Um, I can keep track of it. I can tweak it as I go. I can, I hope to see some benefits from it. Um, you know, I've, I slept really soundly the last, last night, especially. So there's something to that, you know, I mean, my body wasn't, wasn't digesting all the snacks I ate right before bed while I was watching the Olympics. I actually just fell asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jeff, you do, uh, go to bed at five o'clock at night. So, and get up at five o'clock in the morning. So, you know, there is that for you, right? (laughs) That is true. Although as we are recording this, uh, the Olympics are on. So I'm, I'm forcing myself because I love the Olympics so much to try to stay up, but I have not made it past 1030, but that's, that's late for me. (laughs) That's late. late. Yeah. 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 A couple of years ago, I actually, uh, during Lent went completely vegan and actually after Lent stayed vegan for probably about a year, year and a half. And it was a, a good thing for me. It was something that I never thought I would do. And I'm actually contemplating, we are recording this a couple of days uh, before Lent begins, and contemplating what I want to do for the season of Lent, especially around eating. I I do struggle with my weight, and I do think about how I want to to change and how I want to live my life and, and, and live it so I can be stronger and live longer and but there are so many ways to do it out there. There's so many ways that, that people say, well, you got to do this. You got to cut out this. You got to do this. And I, I'm actually struggling right now trying to figure out what I want to do. But I, for me, uh, when I did go vegan before, and it was such a, a significant change in the way that I ate, I could not help but really think about food differently really think about what I consume. Am I eating to live or am I living to eat? And I can yep. say for most of my life, I have lived to eat. You know, I, I enjoy food. I enjoy cooking. I enjoy creating things that are delicious and and not always the most healthy for you, but to, to have it in a different frame of mind where we're really only eating to live. We're only putting in our body what we need to be healthy instead of the overabundance that so many of us find ourselves doing. Yeah, I think that's really important. Um, I did drop a bunch of weight a couple of years ago by going on a program, and it was really about intentional eating. And it was, you know, it was about, you know, doing the typical things where you cut back on carbs and desserts and all that sugar in general um, kinds of things. But it was also about eating higher protein meals earlier in the day and then tapering down. So it was, you know, you had your biggest meal at breakfast and your smallest meal at dinner. Yep. And, and there was a snack that you bought and, you know, so you had your one snack during the day and I actually found it really freeing 
uh, because normally I would say, and since I've been off of it, it's, it's, it's more difficult because you look at that and you say, well, I could eat that or not eat that. And that would be fine. Uh, but when I was on the program, what was really great about it was I just said no to everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just, I'm not eating that. I mean, and, and I started it in Lent, um, or it was right around Lent. It was, it was at our annual meeting was my first day actually. And, <laughs> great we, had day to start. and, and we had a big potluck after our, our annual meeting, which is what we, we do here. And, uh, I just had coffee. And for me, that was so incredibly freeing because, um, I'm one that if I'm at a potluck, I take one of everything cause I don't want anyone to be offended that I didn't take their, right, item. right. You know, so, you, you know, you hang around church a long time. You, you, you do a lot of those kinds of things and you're, you're consuming a lot of uh, food you don't need. But, um, when I just said, Hey, I started this thing and I'm just drinking coffee today and people were respectful of that. And it was just, it was liberating. It was like, that's great. I, I don't have to do that. Yeah. And, yep. uh, it was, it was great. And since, since then, I mean, I, I still eat at potlucks and stuff, but not like I used to. I just take a little bit of a couple of things and, and I'm fine with that. And, uh, I mean, just to get over that hump of of trying to think that someone might be off put that I didn't take their their jello. Um, you know, it's it's good. It's a good thing. So in in doing this and thinking really intentionally about what we do, what we eat, what we don't eat, how we fast, how we don't fast, let's take a look at Acts thirteen, which is one of the readings for this particular Sunday. Okay, so I'm going to read Acts, and I'm going to use uh, the message version for that. The congregation in Antioch was blessed with a number of prophet preachers and teachers, Barnabas, Simon, Lucius, Mananin, Herod, Saul. One day, as they were worshiping God, they were also fasting as they waited for guidance. The Holy Spirit spoke, Take Barnabas and Saul and commission them for the work that I have called them to do. So they commissioned them. In that circle of intensity and obedience, of fasting and praying, they laid on their heads. They, they, they laid hands on their heads and sent them off. So here you have uh, prayer in connection with not only preparation, but also in sending. So it's not a um, a thing you're taking on in kind of a Lenten. I always think of. Lenten grudgery, you know? Yeah, yeah. Where you're, you're trying to take things on intentionally that you know are good for you, but you don't want to do, and you kind of do them. Um, I guess that's part of the Matthew don't look dismal piece. You know, here they're using it intentionally along with prayer and uh, thinking about the mission that is set before them. And, uh, you know, if you read through Acts, there's a lot of people being sent. You got uh, you got Paul and Barnabas here that are going off on their next journey uh, to to proclaim the gospel to those who haven't heard it yet and uh, connect with those communities that would receive them. And prayer and fasting are a part of that uh, pre-work they do for that mission. And I think, boy, we don't do anything like that. You know, we might do studies or we might you know, read a book or something, perhaps mission stuff we should be doing, and maybe we'll put a team together, but we don't do a lot of the prayer and fasting intentional guidance, looking for the guidance of the Spirit, do we? No, I don't think we do, and like like you said, it's, it is setting that time apart to intentionally discern what God is calling them to do, and, and so they were worshiping and, and fasting, and the Holy Spirit came and said, oh, this is what you're going to do, and so it was 
part of the discernment process and it's also part of the sending process. And yeah, we, we don't really have too many of those traditions in, in the way that we practice our faith in in listening to God. And and really, when you think about it, a lot of uh, our spiritual practices are just for spiritual practices. And and are we asking ourselves, well, why are we doing this? You know, you and I talked about uh, yeah off off mic a little bit about you know the intentionality of how we run our ministry. Why why do we do the things that we do? Why do we have worship on Sunday morning instead of Sunday evening? Why do we have a particular ministry happening in our congregations? And you know what is the purpose? And and really, we should be questioning everything. We should question why we are doing things and and spending that time in discernment on asking God, God, what do you want for this community? No, I think exactly. I to be less than generous, I think. 90% of what we do in our churches is just pure inertia. It's just what we were doing before and the need we feel to keep it going rather than saying, why are we doing this? What's the purpose? What's the mission? How are we serving the mission? And how can we build around what we feel called to do? Right. Uh, instead, yep. we get into these petty arguments all the time of what I like and don't like, or we have weird ownership over things that really don't matter but become these huge, huge issues. Uh, because people lose the forest for the trees a lot of times, and maybe we're, as leaders, not as articulate as we should be about what we're actually trying to accomplish as a congregation. But at the same time, I just, yeah, it's all about intentionality, totally. You know, what is what is your ministry doing in this community, and why is it there, and why does God want it there, and what what's God calling you to do, and is, is there a way to enter into discerning that? And at least in this passage from Acts, it's about prayer and fasting, but there's certainly other ways we can do that. It's it's just got to be intentional. It definitely has to be intentional, and there are times when the church has done something in the past that was intentional, but then it just became, why do we do it? Because we've always done it. You know, we have our annual church fair in the fall, right. and at one point, you know, the, the, the women's groups got together to make a bunch of crafts and scarves and hats and mittens, and the men's groups got together and did a lot of woodworking, and there was this really big push for homemade products that were sold and there was a time of fellowship when you were preparing the things and and then the finances you know were good and and then over the years as those men's groups and women's groups changed and and they weren't focused on on creating things and the money went down a little bit we we still continue to do it which is good you know i th- i think it's but it has to redefine itself and it has to be intentional why do we still have it? What is the purpose, and what are we trying to accomplish? Absolutely, and then that can carry over into our personal lives too. I mean, it's it's easy to find clutter. Yes, everywhere. You know, just look at your calendar and look at well, you could look at my desk. You'd see a lot of clutter. Um, <laughs> and and just you know, our ministries reflect that too. Uh, we we do a lot of things. And, uh, you know, maybe we're doing 10 things and we'd be better served by doing three. And um, we just have to have those hard conversations sometimes about really why, why again? Right. Are we doing this? I had a great Lenten experience last year. I took up, and maybe we can put a link to this in the show notes somewhere. It was a 40 days, 40 bags for Lent practice of you had to clear out a bag or a box of stuff every day, Mm. like physical stuff. 
so we decided to do that as a, a family and uh, we got started on it. And um, then in the middle, like most things, it, it got overtaken by getting busy and, you know, we forgot about it for about a week in there. But then I decided to do it in my church office. And I bet 40 of the bags and boxes of stuff we cleared and lent came out of my office. <laughs> and really, it wasn't bad stuff. I mean, I did have piles of papers. I mean, I will admit I had like the drafts of bulletins for Christmas sitting on my desk in Lent uh, at the bottom of piles. I mean, yeah. That was true. Yeah. That stuff needed to go anyway. But I went through books. And uh, if if you know pastors, you know that books are... Uh, a cherished, treasured object. Um, and I I was looking through my shelves and just saying, look, I've got so much stuff on here that I haven't read. Uh, I mean, they're books that I had read and cherished or kept because it had this idea or this quote in it or something like that. And But it's like I haven't opened it in a decade. Clearly, I don't need it. Yep, yep. Uh, so I went through and I, I cleared probably half the books out of my office doing that, which which was painful. I mean, it was hard, yeah. hard work to do, but it was so freeing. And then uh, with our construction this last year, I decided to move my furniture in my office around. And in doing so, I also decided I could probably get rid of two bookshelves. But to do that, I needed to go through the stuff again. And I did. And oh, that my was goodness. Also, and that was also really good. And then I'm looking at the stuff I kept and I'm looking... Even the stuff I kept, because it's like, oh, I really don't want to get rid of that book. Have I really read it in the last four or five years? Eh, not so much. So it was it was it was easier when I went to the books that have moved twice and just had only sat on my shelf in between those moves. Right, 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 right. <laughs> those right. you can get rid of, but the painful ones were like, I like this book, but I probably won't read it again. And if you know me at all, I write in my books, so they're just full of underlines and dog ears and double dog ears and. You name it. And so it's not like you can really sell them or maybe I could give them away, but it was really just about clearing them out. And, um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was a tough process, but it was really good. I mean, it was liberating in a way to say, okay, now I can think about why I have books and what I'm trying to get out of them and how I purpose those ideas and, and stuff along those lines. It was, it was good. I recommend it. Yeah, I remember you doing that last year, and then also our conversation with Bishop Hazelwood and how he talked about his minimalizing uh, efforts. And right. and as we were talking with him, you know, we were on Skype, and he looked in in the background. I have one, two, three, four, five bookshelves of books, and I can't remember the last time that I really used half of those, or probably three quarters of them, and I still have. I think here at the in the church in my closet, I still have four or five more boxes of books that I haven't taken out in the last four years since I moved here. And, Time for them uh, to go, my friend. Yes, yes. So I think part of my Lenten journey is also going to be minimalizing some of those books and uh, really take stock in, in what I have and make it more intentional. I think that's that's maybe the word for this day is not only fasting, not only minimalizing, but intentionality. You know, what are we doing in our spiritual practices when it comes to fasting? What is the purpose of it? Are we doing it just to do it or is there a larger meaning to it? How are we fasting from the stuff in our lives and the you know, the emotional baggage, you know, we didn't really talk about that, but there's that aspect as well. So so there's right. there's a lot of things that are important in this. So so 
as we kind of get closer to wrapping up this episode, have we answered the question why fast? Uh, I don't. Well, I, it's good for us, I think. It's to be intentional. Um, we didn't really look at Isaiah 58 too much, but um, as I was thinking about that passage, it's it, it, it underlying it is some intentionality because he's talking about fasting and why you do it, and um, is it for your own interests or is it about being humble? And ultimately where it ends up, it's so that we can be people that uh, share all the blessings that we've already been given that it points it in that direction, that it's not just about clearing out the stuff that we don't need or maybe we have an abundance of, but actually it, it helps, it can help us see the needs of others in a fresh way and, um, you know, repurpose kind of our, our, our way of thinking about that. I mean, Lent is a good time for those kinds of reimaginings also. Maybe just to end, I want to share a meme that I saw on Facebook this week um, that's attributed to Pope Francis. You can ask him yourself if he actually said these things, but we'll, <laughs> we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But it's a list, and it starts with the question, do you want to fast this Lent, in the words of Pope Francis? And this is what he says. Fast from hurting words and say kind words. Fast from sadness and be filled with gratitude. Fast from anger and be filled with patience. Fast from pessimism and be filled with hope. Fast from worries and have trust in God. Fast from complaints and contemplate simplicity. Fast from pressures and be prayerful. Fast from bitterness and fill your hearts with joy. Fast from selfishness and be compassionate to others. Fast from grudges and be reconciled. Fast from words and be silent so you can listen. So thank you, everyone, for joining us in this episode, this special Lent edition. And we hope that you have a little more insight on the purpose of fasting and some practices that we have had and, and, and anticipate having in the, in the future. So we ask you to let us know how are you enjoying this special Lent edition and how are you making use of some of the things we were talking about? Have you fasted? What does that look like in your life? Have you considered or do you have questions about it? Let us know on Facebook, facebook.com backslash two bald pastors, or our website. Leave us a comment and let us know what your thoughts are. Twobaldpastors.com. Thank you once again for joining us. Take care and be blessed. They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two bald pastors. Oh, I'm having all the distractions today. Jeez Louise. I know, seriously. Why do people want to talk to us? <laughs> I know, right? They're the worst. Okay.